did, amen, uh, for what God's doing, amen. Uh, how many enjoyed conference, amen? We had a great time at conference, amen. Uh, amen, a lot of people still have a hangover, Holy Ghost hangover, amen. And so, thank you, Jesus. Uh, we just, uh, also, we have uh, Pastor Tony and his wife, amen, all the way from um, Idaho. You can stand back there, Pastor. Amen. They have their women's home and their men's home here with us, amen, this morning. It's a blessing to have you guys here, amen. And uh, just enjoy yourselves, amen, this morning. Amen. I uh, also want to just thank everybody for all their labor and their faithfulness, amen. Uh, um, the finances, everything, everything. God took care of business. Come on, somebody, amen. God just took care of business. You know, a lot, a lot, I was laughing because a lot of the pastors are calling me and saying, man, pastor, we got hit, we got hit. And I started laughing. I said, so did I, amen. So did I after our conference we had last year, beginning of the year, our building burned down. And uh, how many know that it just sets you up for a blessing? Come on, sets you up for a blessing. And uh, so I, I want to just continue to just to start us to fortify as we continue uh, standing firm. Someone say standing firm. Standing firm. St- standing firm. We need to stand firm. Amen. Because after the conference, the devil's not going to give us a clap offering. Come on, somebody. Amen. All oh, good job. Amen. I know God is. I know people are. I know pastors are. They're like, they're excited. But the enemy, he says, I want to continue doing what I do best. I'm going to continue to try to devour. I'm going to try to hit you. I'm going to try to get hit you all I can because he don't want you to stand. I don't know about you, but I want, I'm going to stand. Come on, somebody. I'm going to stand. In Luke, in Luke chapter 4, verse 1, you need to know that the attacks that you go through are to better you. The things that you go through are to make you stronger. Someone say stronger. Are to make you greater. Someone say greater. So we need to, when we know that, it's easier to understand it and go through it. But when you get hit, sometimes you're like, man, forget this. No, don't forget it. Just go through it. Come on, somebody. Amen. Don't, don't forget it. Somebody say, just go through it. In Luke chapter 4, verse 1, says these words. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Ghost, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Being tempted for 40 days and 40 nights. And in those days, he ate nothing. Come on, somebody. Nothing. And afterwards, when they had ended, he was hungry. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you this morning, God. Lord, I pray that you would just stir us up this morning, that we'd grab a hold of of your word, that we would grab a hold of what you have for us, oh God. Lord, that we would be hungry for you more than ever, Father God, Lord. Jesus, you would stir up that fire within us, God. Lord, that we would continue to stand firm in everything, Father God. In Jesus' name, and everybody says, amen. amen. I, I need you to look at this picture here. Here is, here is Jesus, and he's coming to a place where there's going to be a, a shifting in his life. Coming to a place where Satan really doesn't know who he is yet. He doesn't really know that he's the Messiah. He's the Savior. He thinks it's John the Baptist. At this time, Jesus is about to go through a transformation in his life. He's about to go through some changes and, and some great stuff's about to take place with him. He, he, he had come to the place now that, excuse me, he had come to the place where he had just got baptized. Excuse me. He had just got baptized. And everything uh, had come on him. Now they found out who he is. They find out, amen, that Jesus says, this is my son who I'm well pleased of. So he's coming to chapter 4, amen, about to go into a whole different level of his life. 
a whole different, a whole different thing in his life. And so, listen carefully. When you come out of conference, when you God begins to use your life, you start going to a whole different level in your life. Come on, you start going to a whole different, a whole different dimension, a whole different attacks, a, a whole different mindset, a whole different way of viewing things and seeing things. And here's Jesus. He he just he just got recognized, and and now he he's he's right there, and now he's being led into the wilderness by the Spirit of God. God's saying, we still need to work with you. God, know God still needs to work with us. Come on, God, God still needs to work with us. No matter how long we've been saved, how long we've been in the house of God, God still wants to work with us. God still wants to build us. God still wants to edify us. God still wants to build change in us. He, he still wants to, and here is Jesus, and, and he's been led into the wilderness by the Spirit of God, being tempted for 40 days. And after he goes through these temptations and he goes through these trials, listen carefully, he gets hungry. And I don't know about you, when you're hungry, you do dumb things. You eat some weird food. You don't even like it, but you eat it anyways. It's nasty, but it's good. In the, in the Old Testament, somebody was so hungry, they sold their birthrights for a bowl of lentil beans. When you're hungry, you do things. You don't care if the bread is rotten, just pull it out, Amen. You, you just, you just, you're so hungry, you do anything. Here is Jesus, he's hungry. Someone say hungry. hungry. He's hungry. And the Bible says in verse 3, And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. Now I want you to see, here is the, 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 the temptation and the testing that taking place in his life. See, the enemy will come to you and always try to tempt you. And God will always allow it to become a test in your life. When you pass the test, you get better, you get greater. But when you fail the test, how many know some, we end up looking like, oh, you know, like that word says, a little tonto, a little silly. I don't know about you, but I failed some tests that looked silly. When I took my driving test, it took me, I think, almost 11 times to pass it. I know none of you guys, you guys look like you've never done it wrong, Amen. But me, it took me a while to pass that test. That was a long time ago, amen, like two months ago, amen. <laughs> here he is, and, and I love what he says here. He, he, he says, if, the word if in Hebrew means since. Since you are, since you are, since you say you are, since you say you are the son of God. Since you say you are a believer in Christ Jesus, since you are a believer, since you say that Jesus loves you, since you, since, if you are the son of God, here he's coming to Jesus and he's hitting him while he's hungry. Well, he just went through 40 days and he went through some stuff. Amen. He was in lockdown. Hello, somebody. He was, he was in a shoe program. He was, he was in a little room. He was, I want you to see a picture here. If you are the son of God, command these stones to become bread. He says, since you say you have a relationship with God, where is he? Since you say you have a relationship with God, well, let's see him do something for you. How many have ever been in a place where sometimes you say, well, you know, God is good. God is great. But then you see nothing going on. And then people look at you and say, where's your God now? 
When something bad happens, people tell you, well, well call, call on your God now. And am I the only one that happened to us? I'm the only one that has been through that point where people say, well, where's your God now? Here's the devil. He's saying, well, let's see you turn that bread, that stone into bread. If Jesus should have just said, I ate some bread that tastes like stone, hello. That's a whole different sermon, amen. But the reality is he was trying to get him to kill that relationship that he has with God. Because every time you go through something rough, the enemy will try to split your relationship with Jesus Christ. He'll always try to make you rethink who Jesus is, make you rethink your relationship. He'll always try to, and he'll get you at the times where you're vulnerable, at the times that you're hungry. Amen. You're going through something. You've been through the wilderness. You've been hit. You've been through all this stuff. You've been good. You've been bad. You've been all these weird things going on. And he comes and attacks you at that time. You said... Everything was great. What about now? He tries to make you question your relationship. Mm. He comes and he begins to attack him, church. Not only does he attack his relationship, listen carefully. He goes on and, and, and Jesus says his word, but Jesus answered to him and says, It is written, man should not live on bread alone. But by every word, but by every word of God. He says, it's not only a, 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 a food thing, amen, but it's also a spiritual thing. He learned to say, you know, my, my, my relationship with God is also a spiritual relationship, a spiritual thing. We need to understand that our relationship with God cannot be defiled. The enemy will always try to make you get mad at God. Have you ever got mad at God before? Good, the rest of you guys are lying. Amen, good. <laughs> or something doesn't happen, and then you, you all trade one check and take it out on God. God, where were you? God, where were you? God says, I was right there the whole time. Come on, I was right there the whole time. He was led by the Spirit, church, by the Holy Spirit. He was, he, he, you catch what I'm saying? He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. God was doing something. Are you going to stand firm? Are you going to stand firm when I'm making you a greater man and a better woman? Come on, somebody. I'm making you, amen, a spiritual man, a spiritual woman. Are you going to stand firm, amen, when you go through things that don't make sense? It don't make sense. I mean, all the sense in the world makes sense to turn a rock into bread, doesn't it? I'm hungry, might as well. But it, it wasn't timing yet. God was still doing something. Conference was doing something. It was rebuilding, amending, restoring, refreshing, bringing change. Some say change. change. Come on, bring it, bring in change. You know, you know the difference, you know the hardest thing about change? Is when you're changing your shirt, let's just say the shirt, man. You're changing shirts. You ain't got an undershirt on, but you're going to change shirt to that shirt. For almost a minute, you take off your shirt and what's left? You're naked. Your nakedness is showing. The real you shows. See, change will always bring out the real you. Oh, man. Change will always show you the real you right before you put on that new shirt. But a lot of us, we don't want to change because... 
we don't want to show the real love. So we go in the corner and try to hide in the closet where nobody's seeing you. Even though you hide in the closet, God still sees. Come on, somebody. God still sees. God still sees. God still sees everything. But change sometimes makes us vulnerable. But when you put that new shirt on, mm, ain't nothing like a new shirt. You put a new shirt on, like, oh, man, it feels good. If you know what I'm talking about, you put a new shirt on, that, oh, that feels good. Change will always make you feel better. But it's the process that hurts. It's the, it's the process of change that hurts. Here is Jesus, and Jesus is going through a change. But it's a process that hurts. Even the Son of God needed to be tested. Oh, you don't hear me though. Even the Son of God needed to be tempted, needed to be tested, needed to go through some stuff. If he needed to go through some stuff, how much more are we going to have to go through some stuff? And he goes through this and he passes the test of his relationship. Because when you go through stuff, sometimes we can become God blamers. You start, well, God, where were you, God? Why'd you allow that to happen, God? I remember I lost somebody in your life and you blame God. See what, see what I want you to see? Sometimes things happen in the physical that we blame it in the spiritual. The enemy wants you to get mad in the physical so that you can blame God in the spiritual. Come on, somebody. Amen. Here is, here, is, here, is, here is Jesus, and he's going through these changes. And, and, God, and, and God says, you need to stand firm in your relationship with me. It's up to you to stand firm. It's up to you to, you know, to stand on what you believe in. To stand your ground. Some say, stand your ground. Here comes Lucifer. He says it again. And all of a sudden, we move into a second temptation. Listen carefully, church. In verse 5, then the devil talked, taking, taking him up. On a mountain or a high mountain, showing him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, All this authority I will give you and their glory. For this has been delivered to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be what? yours you know what he attacks he attacks his desires he attacked his desire Jesus desires to take care of God's people his desire was to make sure they were okay so even that sounded like a good deal there well you know what I just you know everyone will have to pay for it I'll just do it tell me no the devil will always paint a good picture to you Oh, he'll paint a good picture, amen, and he'll give you a good light. He'll make it look good, amen. That's why he comes like an angel of what? Of light. He's not an angel, but he appears to you as an angel of light. Come on, somebody. He'll make it look good. Come on. He'll make it look good. You want to lose weight? Let's do some speed. He'll make it look good. Then you're struck out and you lose your teeth and you're like... All over the place, all cracked out. He didn't tell you that you're going to be addicted. He didn't tell you you're going to get strung out. He didn't tell you you're going to be doing anything. Come on, somebody. And anything you can just to get your fix, get what belongs to you. He didn't say all that, but he, he painted the picture good. See, enemy knows how to paint the picture good. 
He'll try to come to you with all these different desires and make you, amen, trip on certain desires. And here he comes and he attacks Jesus and here he is. And, and Jesus had to stand firm on what God had told him. He had to stand firm on what the word said. Come on, somebody. Amen. I don't know about you, but the Bible says, amen, that my father owns everything. That my father owns everything. And all of a sudden, uh, he, he goes to him and, and he throws this at him. I need you to see this with me really quick. And Jesus answered and said to him, get behind me. See, he tells him, get behind me. Stop. Amen. Talking in my ear. Stop fellowshipping with me. Get, someone say, get behind me. He tells the devil, get behind me, for it is written, you shall worship the, word, the Lord your God, and him only you shall what? Serve. Mm, mm, mm. Come on, somebody. Amen. He knew what to say in the middle of a testing. He knew what to say and what to stand on when getting attacked. Jesus, the Bible says this in Psalms, I'll give you the desires of your heart. See, the enemy will try to play with your desires. Oh, you need a girl? Well, let's find you a girl. You know, that one looks good right there in Candy Crew. Hello, somebody. I'm fundraising. That one looks good. You're going to church now, and now, you know, that one looks good. Oh, that, that guy looks good. He looks good. You know, he's got a job. I got one, Amen. You know, oh man, I, I was praying for him. Oh, they, praise, I was praying for that type of guy. You know, devil, devil knows your desires. He, he used to play with you before. Come on, somebody. He used to dance with you before. Come on, he knows what you like. Mm. He knows, he used to, you know, hello. He knows the kind of slow dance he used to do. He knows your desires. He knows what you like. He, and, and he comes and he plays it. And he makes it seem right. See that? People say there's a high, high risk of divorce in churches. You know why? Because everybody's unequally yoked. I'll just get married and I'll save them. I'll work on them, you know. Hopefully they get saved. Amen. But you don't hear me, though. That's, that's a whole different... You don't want to hear me, though. Amen. He's he trying to deal with Jesus' desires. The same way the enemy trying to play your desires. He'll try to play you when you're hungry, when, you, when you're at that point where, you know, I'm getting too old. I need a man now. I need a woman. I said, I'm, you know, I've been here too long. I've been lonely too long. Amen. You know, I've been saved long enough. You know, I'm strong now. Come on, somebody. He'll, he'll play your flesh. He'll play, amen. He, he knows your flesh. He knows. He knows your flesh. Amen. Same way God knows your flesh. God says, okay, let's see what you're going to do. See, you got to understand that, that the, the enemy will always, the temptation is just an invitation to do wrong. It's just an invitation. See, how many know it's up to you if you want to go to that baby shower or not? When they give the invitation to go, oh man, I gotta go. No, no, you don't have gotta go. You know, if you want to go, you go. 
But if you really, really, really want to go, you really, really make a way. So temptation is just an invitation to do wrong. And the enemy was just sitting up, Jesus, here's an invitation. If you really, really want to do it, you'll do it. Church, if you really want to let your flesh go wild, you really, really will let it. I know, I know, I know the devil came and tempted me. Yeah, 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 yeah. When they will come and tell me, nah, I'm good, I'm good. I know none of you guys are so holy. Come on, look at it. Praise the Lord. Look at the verse 9, church. Then he brought him to Jesus, to Jerusalem, set him on the high pinnacle of the temple, and he said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down. Listen to that. Throw yourself down from here. For it is written, you shall give his angels charge over you to keep you. Now listen carefully. See how the devil knows the word of God? Have you noticed that he's been throwing the word of God at Jesus? You know the devil will throw the word of God at you all the time. Well, the Bible says that you know, he's a merciful. He'll forgive you. And then when they don't forgive you, oh my God, what kind of Christians are you? What kind of church is this? Oh, you don't hear me though. Come on, somebody. Amen. You thought you know the word of God. The devil knows it better. And look at verse 11. And in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your feet against a stone. He's telling Jesus, since you are the Son of God, since you are, the angels are going to be like this. Don't hurt yourself. Don't hurt yourself. Like, that's really going to happen. Like, like this. You know, we have angels around us, church. But sometimes you stub your toe. And it hurts worse than getting stabbed. You know that? I know that. I really get stabbed and jab my toe anytime. Oh my God. And and he's saying he's saying, man, they're they're like like this over oh, you just going not God's not gonna let nothing happen to you. See, that's the one of the biggest lies that we have. And then we look at like, oh no, like like there's like a, a God's walking around with a pillow on, under us, everything happens. Oh no. Oh no. You know like when you're really walking like a little baby? You watch your kids, you don't want them to fall, but they have to learn to walk. Hello, so they have to learn how to walk on their what? Their own. In the beginning, you got them by their fingers and you're walking them and they're like. <clears throat> and then they get a little bolder and they get up and they walk a little bit more. Boom. That's why God made it soft. Boom. Amen. So you could just bounce right back up. Amen. There he is walking. Pretty soon they start walking and then they're falling and walking and falling and walking and falling. And pretty soon they're walking and they're not falling no more. Come on, somebody. I mean, they're pretty much walking and not falling no more. But they have to learn to stand on their own. God's saying you have to learn to stand on your own. You have to learn to stand on what you believe in. You have to learn to stand on the word of God. Come on, somebody. You're going to have to learn to not allow the enemy to pollute you, to manipulate your relationship. Your desires. And don't allow him to question the word of God. He'll make you, that's the third one. He'll make you question the word of God. What did he do to Eve? He made her question it. He likes to twist the word. The enemy loves to twist the word. Well, you know, since you are a son of God, you know, that shouldn't, that's, that's not right. 
And he, he uses people to begin to twist the word of God in your life. How, you know, that's not right. And then pretty soon, if you don't know what you stand for, you'll fall for anything. If you don't know what you stand for, you'll fall for anything. Hello, somebody. Amen. Come on. Amen. But the funny thing about this, and you need to understand, when you were in the world and you did anything and weirder things than that. You see the worship leader that was up here? The one that sings, Amber? Oh, my God. She was a... Hello. Amen. She, she, she's white, but she was always in the Mexican bars. Dun, 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 dun. She liked that Mexican music. Hello. That's why she married a Mexican. She was like, I don't know what it says, but I like it. Dun, 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 dun. There she was. I'm telling you, amen. You see these people like, oh, like they never done. Th-. I'm telling you, some of the worst, ones that looked the holiest were the worst. It says, I don't know if that's a real word, but it sounds good. Amen. <laughs> you talk, these girls that don't talk, oh, Jesus, before they talked a lot. <laughs> Got these guys that look all holy, but you remember that? Oh, my only thing was holy on them was their shirts. Amen. <laughs> and their socks. <laughs> Jesus answered and said to him, it has been said, you shall not tempt or test the Lord your God. Mm, mm, mm. Now, when the devil had ended every temptation or every testing, he departed from him to an appointed time. He said, I won't be back again. I won't be back until an appointed time. I mean, you've got another round to go. I mean, you've got another thing to go with, deal with. Here, what happens to Jesus, something great happens to him. When you go through something, something great happens to you. You need to know that the testing and the trials are not for nothing. They're for something. Come on, somebody. They're for something. They're for something great, something mighty, something powerful. The Bible goes on. He says these words right here in verse 14. Then Jesus returned in the power of the spirit. Now he came not led by the spirit, but full of the spirit. He wasn't led by the spirit, but he was full of the power of God. See, when you overcome those temptations, when you overcome those testings, you become powerful. You become anointed and appointed by God for something great, for something mighty. All of a sudden, you see him right here in the power of the spirit to Galilee. And news of him went out throughout all the surrounding regions. They begin to hear about this man that stood the test, this man that stood strong, this man full of power, this man, amen, that God had lifted up. The Bible goes on and says these words. So he came, church, taught in the synagogues, being glorified by all. So he came to Nazareth there. Listen carefully. He had been brought up. And all his custom was, he went into the synagogue on a Sabbath day and he stood up to read. And he was a hundred, excuse me, and he, and he was handed the book of the prophet of Elijah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. Now, what they would do is you would be in the synagogue and they would hand the scrolls. 
every seventh of them would read it. So he was the seventh one and he would have got it. He got it. See, people think because he was Jesus and he just picked it up and read it. No, it was not that what happened. It was custom. They would pass the scroll down and the seventh one would read it. He was in the position of seventh. Oh, man. I wish I could preach, but I'm just going to hold back for a second. Just for a second. He was right there, the perfect number. Right there, the number of God standing right there. Picked it up, and he read. Listen carefully. He read out of the book of Isaiah, reading the prophecy of what's to come to pass, reading how God was going to give us and what God's going to do with us. And he reads this church. This he reads, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me. Come on, somebody. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has anointed me. Why am I anointed? Because I went through some testing. I went through some trials. I went through some stuff. And because when you go through that stuff, God begins to anoint you. Come on, somebody. God begins to anoint you. You see, you need to understand this. We don't want to be inconvenienced no more. We live in a generation that don't want to be inconvenienced. Well, it's too hot, it's too cold, it's too loud, it's too quiet, he's too dark, hello somebody. He's too skinny, he's too fat, too everything. We live in a world where we get, we get unconvenient so we change. You know that the anointing is developed through inconvenience. The anointing is developed through pressure. We don't want pressure no more. Anytime pressure comes, oh no, oh no, I don't want this. It, it hurts. Of course, it's supposed to hurt. See, the way they pull out the oil out of the olive is through pressure. You cannot get the oil out of your life unless some pressure comes to you. Unless some testing comes through you. But some of us, it's too hard. It's too hard. It wasn't too hard for you, amen, to smoke something out of a light bulb. It wasn't too hard for you to stand when it's raining, amen, muggy in a storm and you're no shoes, no car, right there at the telephone booth. He said be here in 20 minutes. It's been 45, it's okay, wait a little longer. So you stayed long enough and you got what you came for. See, when you're hungry, you go to the store. Ain't nobody going to stop you. I'm hungry. There's no gas. Take the bike. Hallelujah. <laughs> the bike ain't working. Go on the skateboard. Hallelujah. <laughs> that ain't working. Well, let's go walking the old-fashioned way. Amen. Church, listen carefully. You got to know that that pressure, that testing, that stuff you go through is to make you better. And when they crushed that olive in, in, in Israel, they crushed the olive and oil comes out of it. The more weight they put on that, the more purified that olive comes. More purified. It becomes extra, extra valuable. See, that pressure that you're feeling, that pressure that you're going through, that stuff that you don't want is good for you. It's to make you better. Someone say better. Better. Come on, it's to bring that anointing out of you. Imagine that all of it. Got to squeeze it. Got to mm, to get that oil out of it. See, the word anointing broken down in the simplicity of it. Simply, it means yes, the presence of God, 
but also means the ability to get the job done. God said, I'm going to anoint you to get the job done. I'm going, to, I'm going to anoint you for this generation to get the job done. Come on, I'm to put an anointing on you. He's saying, uh, Jesus saying, I've been anointed to get the job done. God's anointing my life uh, to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. He has anointed me, come on somebody, to preach to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive, and to recover the sight to the blind, to see the liberty of those who are oppressed. Amen. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. He said, I come with the goods. I come with the ability to get the job done. God is saying, I want to anoint this generation to get the job done. To get rid of the excuses, to get rid of all the lies, and to stop saying it's too hard, it's too rough. To stop saying, well, you know, I, I just, I feel uncomfortable, don't worry about it. Why, amen, girls, you don't care if the pants are uncomfortable, you lay down and you squeeze them in. <laughs> Those pants are going on, amen, now guys do it, amen, the skinny pants. <laughs> amen. I heard, I guess, a couple of weeks ago or months ago, some guy died because of skinny pants. <laughs> the only skinny pants I got was when they don't fit. Amen. <laughs> Gotta make you laugh before I make you cry. Here is, here is Jesus. Uh, listen, to, listen to what happened. Here he comes. He gets recognized by God, his father, while he's getting baptized. Then he gets led into the wilderness to be tempted church and he goes through his trials he goes through some things that are really pretty rough pretty tough for him how many know sometimes what's easy for me may not be easy for you and what's easy for you not be easy for me and so all of us we're going to go through some stuff that is different but they still have the same results come on somebody they might be different but they still have the same results God's still going to bring something great out of you and because he stuck around long enough, he was able to stand and say, you know what? God has anointed me. I went through this for a purpose. I'm standing firm for a reason to take my city, to take my family, to take back everything that God has promised me. And I'm going to stand firm and I'm going to believe God for my family, my loved ones. I don't know about you, but I'm believing God for great things. Come on, somebody. I'm, I'm believing God for great and mighty things. Church, amen. Tomorrow we, we sign some paperwork tomorrow. We already came to an agreement, amen. Tomorrow we sign the paperwork, amen. And you guys have got to listen carefully that, that, that we, we're getting the money for our building. Amen. Come on, so we're getting the money for our building. <laughs> now, you need to understand that money that we're getting, it don't come to us. Listen. <laughs> so don't stop paying your tithes and your offering because we ain't seeing, we ain't going to see that money until we get our building. So if you think, well, you know, I don't, want to, I don't have to give because they already got money. No, that money's for the building. We still got bills. Hello, somebody. Wow, that's a Christian commercial. I don't know where that came from, but I felt that. Hello. <laughs> Amen. So we're getting that, and, and, and we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna have to believe God for more because where we're going, God wants to do something greater. I don't know about you, but hopefully we don't have to go back to the convention center. We have a building enough to have our conference, amen, in our building next year. Come on. You're going to have to believe. You're going to have to believe. You're going to have to believe with us. 
Everyone going to have to believe with us, church. Amen. You're going to have to believe with us for something greater. We're going through what we're going through. See, we didn't go through nothing for nothing. Our church didn't burn down and everything in it for nothing. It was for a reason. To make us greater. Come on, somebody. To make us greater as a church, as believers. Amen. To make us greater as sons and daughters of Jesus Christ. And I want you to know today, whatever you're going through right now in your life, don't look at it as just nothing. Look at it as something great. Come on, stand with me tonight, church. Stand with me this morning. Excuse me. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Stand firm. And know this, the Bible says in verse 20, we finish up. Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendants and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, today this scripture is being fulfilled, your hearing. He's saying today it's getting fulfilled. It's being done. I'm telling you this morning, God is fulfilling the scriptures. He's fulfilling the promise in your life. He's fulfilling, amen, the promises that he spoke to you. Promises that you've been praying for. Answer prayers are being done now. Know today that God is fulfilling his promises. That what you're going through is just to make you stronger, mightier. To make you anointed and appointed. To get the job done in your place and in your family, in your job and in your city. That it's not over. You are coming to a place where you say, I have been anointed to preach the gospel. I've been anointed to take back my family. I've been anointed, amen, to take back everything the enemy tried to steal. I refuse. I refuse to go under. I'm going over. Today, I choose today to stand firm and to let the pressure do its job. That my anointing will be pure. That God will anoint me for such a time as this. You hear today, you say, Pastor, you know, I don't know Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. I've never accepted Jesus in my heart. And uh, this morning, I want to accept Jesus, the Lord and Savior, in my heart. I, I want to accept Jesus. Uh, maybe you're here today, you know, if you die today, you know, heaven wouldn't be your home. I'm here to let you know that Jesus loves you enough to give you that chance to accept Him in your heart. You're here today, you want to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. Lift up your hand. I want to pray with you this morning. God bless you. Anyone else? Every head bowed, every eye closed. God bless you. Maybe you're here this morning saying, Pastor, I've drifted away. I've fallen away. I need to come back. I need to come back to the place of repentance. Come back to my first love. Here to let you know that Jesus loves you. He's not mad at you, but he loves you and he cares for you. And he's waiting for you. If that's you, just lift up your hand. I want to pray with you this morning. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. You're here this morning, church. And you're saying, Pastor, I need God to do what he needs to do. I need to stand firm. I need God to bring out that anointing in my life. I've been going through some stuff, and I'm going to allow it to produce that anointing in me. That I I want to be anointed for this generation. I know that, God, that you have a purpose for me, and I'm not going to run. I'm not going to hide, but I'm going to allow it to take place in my life. 
if that's you this morning, you lifted up your hand, and, and if that's you this morning, saying, I, I need God to do what he needs to do in my life, and God spoke to you, I want you to come right now. I want you to come to the altar right now. We're going to pray with you. We're going to pray with you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come. Come. Now. Don't allow this opportunity to pass you by. You've been going through some stuff. You're saying, Pastor, I need, I need God just to begin to allow that to become an anointing of my life. That pressure that I'm in, I'm not going to allow me to run. I'm going to allow it to build me. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah.